0: Uh, and then I started reading up about starting a Call of Cthulhu scenario oh that could be fun it's never been easier oh <laughs> zoom call I mean roll p- 20 there, there's a There's a version of Masks of Nyarlothotep that's like 7th edition it's 600 pages long comes with handouts like has like clickable links to take you through the material based on what the uh, what the investigators do That sounds crazy. RPGs have advanced. They're no longer on the table. Now they're on the computer. Tablet top. Tablet time.
1: Tablet (laughs) Tablet tablet time. time.
0: More like tablet top, am I fucking... That's what you said, I believe.
1: to disappoint everyone, uh, because what was supposed to be a funny week, filled with just funny things from the the most late-breaking news from the Fast X production and, and film development has been completely derailed by other news that we'll cover here, so I don't have a joke to open up the episode, instead I'll just say, welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry,
0: and my name is a depressive blob of effluvial fetter frantically searching for cheap vasectomies, John.
1: And together we're Henry and John coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of the zeitgeist. Uh, Vasectomies are pretty cheap, it turns out. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, How cheap? Is it an elective surgery, or will health insurance cover it? They can be free. They can be free.
0: Yeah, some P- some clinics will do it for free. Some it's like a nominal charge. The only thing that's tough for me is like reversing it is always possible, but not as easy as it's typically made
1: out to be. But I don't know. It's uh, uh so it's an this option. has come up. Not to not the focus in on this because this is not not what I wanted to be discussing. But uh, I've read that they're not as reversible as you think. That there's the number of successful reversible vasectomies uh that still high, but it's not a hundred percent
0: yeah but i mean you know at the end of the day there's a lot of kids out there for adoption more than are being adopted so it's if true. you want one they're out there
1: yeah go get one go Chil- get them
0: <laughs> children are easier to come by than a ps5 or an xbox
1: whatever the heck it's called
0: yeah, <laughs> why get a PlayStation Five or an Xbox One S when you can get an Xbox Child?
1: Yeah, get, get one of the the new Xbox Children, and in a short couple of wait, a couple of decades, you can have somebody to mow the grass for you.
0: Yeah, they'll mow the grass. Now it's really important if you choose between the disc version or the digital version, because the digital version of the child can only eat downloads.
1: Yes, and can only mow your. Your cookie folder, yeah, it can
0: defrag your hard drive, and it eats only downloads. And its name is Milo. It's just there's just one. <laughs> it's just one
1: kid. <laughs> do
0: you do you remember Peter Molyneux, the guy who made Black and White? And yeah,
1: yeah, he, he would overpromise and underdeliver.
0: Yeah, for a while he was promising that I think with Xbox Connect he was going to develop a game where you create a relationship with a young boy named Milo. It was very strange. That sounds
1: all kinds of perverse.
0: It was uh, it was very strange. Anyway, what we're really talking around right now is uh Maybe, from what I'm understanding, one of the most uh, bananas, unprecedented things to ever yes. happen to the legal profession and maybe American politics.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, never in the history of the existence of the Supreme Court justice system has ever a case that has not been finalized, a draft of a decision be, been leaked to the press.
0: Yeah, it, is, it has never happened. Now, there are a lot of concerns. Now, of course, the, the draft decision that is being discussed is overturning uh, Roe v. Wade and then right. probably by extension uh, Planned Parenthood v. Casey, uh, which is in addition to kind of being the linchpin that underpins personal privacy under constitutional law also protects people's rights to seek an abortion.
1: Yes, yeah. It's going after the non-illegalization, the non-criminalization of seeking an abortion by going after specifically the argument that people have the inherent right of privacy or the seeking of privacy under the Constitution.
0: Yeah, so in addition, were this to be overturned, uh, there are a number of states with, like, trigger laws that would make abortion illegal anywhere from a six-month to two-year time frame to states that will most likely pass laws making abortion fully illegal if Roe is overturned. Yeah. Uh, In addition to that, we will essentially, uh, until new decisions are made, we won't have a constitutional law precedent
1: to personal privacy. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So, yeah. so there's 22 states total that have uh, a range of trigger laws, and 11 of those 22 states have immediate trigger laws. Most of them, unfortunately, are in the South. Uh, Most but, of them states you probably shouldn't live in. Yeah, one of them being Texas, which is not too much of a surprise, since Texas already passed a law that flew in the face of the decision of Roe v. Wade anyway.
0: Yeah, I mean, when we're living in the state that uh, made a law saying that you could essentially put bounties on people who help people get abortions, you knew that Roe in this state was all but gutted anyway. right? Uh, But Roe, as it pertains to someone's right to seek an abortion... Uh, not Roe as it pertains to our rights to personal privacy. Uh, but this is obviously disgusting if this decision draft is the decision which ends up being made. And I know that everyone is uh, preparing for the worst, obviously, but the draft decision is, in fact, not always what the final decision is, from Correct. my understanding.
1: Right. Right. Um- A reason why the Supreme Court justice dealings are usually kept um, private is because there is a lot of discussion. There's a lot of back and forth. And the entire office of the Supreme Court is supposed to be beyond the realm of being swayed by public opinion. I mean, that's the reason why all of these dealings are done behind closed doors, so, that public opinion cannot sway the outcome of a case.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that being said, it's happened now. Well, the, <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> here's my a lot of people are saying this, particularly like policy wonks are saying that there's this like uh, great unprecedented evil being done to the chambers of the Supreme Court by allowing potential public opinion to sway this decision. Because, of course, uh, as you mentioned, the Supreme Court is supposed to essentially be a vacuum for the interpretation of the law. Uh, in, in fact, they're they're setting the legal precedent for the country. Uh, exactly. However, yeah. I, I think that that argument doesn't make any fucking sense, because it's not like we elect Supreme Court justices out of the void and then keep them locked in that building
1: right. forever
0: when they're making decisions. Like They still have lives, they still have intellect, they know that I think, according to pure research, about 70% of people are in favor of abortions in all or most circumstances, and over 70% are against overturning Roe v. Wade. So even going into this, they knew this was a wildly unpopular thing to do. So it's not like this draft getting out there is like providing them with new information.
1: Right. I mean, there's not. they're not even supposed to consider those reviews or anything. It's literally supposed to be cold, hard review of the law review of the legal proceedings review of the cases and like a literary scholar ignoring history and ignoring the author for pure interpretation of the facts that be and in the manner in which they were presented and using only that can they rule on if something is is in the spirit of our legal system and our our lawmaking process, or if it's not not in the spirit, in which case they're ruling that the interpretation that was used to determine an argument in Roe v. Wade uh, doesn't hold water because it's too much of a stretch or something like that. Which again is like that's a matter of opinion,
0: really. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, look how Supreme Court – look how a conservative versus a liberal Supreme Court justice has landed on most decisions. Like, they are not interpreting the law as a matter of fact. They are swayed by their own opinions and the opinions of others. Like, you have conservative judges who use, like, uh, original intent doctrine, like, constitutional inferences to support their own agendas. Like, these people are political creatures who are not at all – Uh, protected from the views of the public and the views of the party that they belong to.
1: Yeah. I I think it's because the original intention or or the, the way we've treated these Supreme court justices is as nonpartisan upholders of the law or like, you know, the, just the final say when it comes down to legal matters. But I think after nominating or or having three nominated by a certain president uh, and being, confirmed by the Senate so fast, I think it's time we can stop playing these games and just say what it is. They are partisan. They they are absolutely representing an an agenda. Uh, They boldface lied under oath during their confirmations. It's the the sacredty or whatever, the, the sanctity of the positions no longer holds that weight.
0: I mean, it's possible that these positions did have that power at some point in the past, but, like, we, we have people who, to your point, lie under oath and are sworn in super quickly, and they're just kind of the most, some of the most powerful chess pieces that a given administration can play is to get a super conservative judge in the court, because they're going to serve there until they retire. Like, the, these are lifetime appointments for the most part. So if you get someone in there, then you lock it in, which I think in a legal system where everyone was being genuine, let's say a political party uh, had the presidency and the House and the Senate, they might do something like expand the court uh, so that they can put more judges on there. Uh, And the argument against that is this originalist argument that like, oh, well, the Supreme Court justices are these like infallible people who look at things in a vacuum, which just it's not fucking true. Uh, And I think that people who are against packing the court are either lazy or they don't really have too much of a problem with conservative decisions being laid down.
1: Yeah, I I mean, we can we can interpret why there's no action to expand the court. I, I mean, a lot of arguments are like, well, you really just can't change something that's been there forever. Like the, the legal precedent that's been in effect for all this time, suddenly you want to change it. And to that argument, I say, how are you okay then with the repealing of a 50-year court case that set so much legal precedent forward that other rulings have been based on the upho- the upholding of, the, uh, of Roe v. Wade? Like, that's a 50-year-old court decision.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a 50-year-old <laughs> court decision. And also, it, it was a decision that was made based on, using that logic, strict interpretation of constitutional law. Like, they ruled that Roe was constitutional. Uh, how can they change that? And also, exactly. like, are you going to tell me the government can't change when ICE is only 19 years old? <laughs> Like, when, when massive government organizations are less than 20 years old and can kind of be formed out of nowhere, the, the
1: government is a changing thing. We, we right. can change the Supreme Court, and we probably should. I mean, let's not overlook that James Madison, who was, like, the first head of the Supreme Court, the first senior judge, was the one who said that the court – not said, but the one who basically put into effect – that the Supreme Court can decide interpretations of law in the first place—that yes. wasn't built in to the to, to anything of the Supreme Court before he made the ruling. Mm-hmm. So Every, it's like it's, everything
0: it's, can change. Expand. It's, and it's not in the Constitution.
1: The, the Supreme Court's not in the Constitution. If the Constitution is so goddamn important to you, why isn't the Supreme Court in it?
0: I'm just saying the the only move for any for any presidency, is to expand and pack the court. If that results a few presidents down the line with a court of 20 or 30 people, we realize how asinine that is. Get rid of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, the traditional branch is great for appealing up to higher courts, and just in the case that you do get an unfair shake in a trial, because usually trials are one shot and done, uh, but if something... Erroneous happens during that trial, then yes, appeal to a higher court to try to seek justice. That's fine, but but the highest court in the land ruling on what is and isn't legal precedent, maybe dial that back a bit.
0: Yeah, really, I I don't know. I I just feel bad because. Okay, so to be clear, the draft can be very different from the decision and in fact it's true a lot of decisions change midstream during the drafting process uh, from my very limited understanding so we we might end up in a situation where the decision is very different and separate from public opinion now uh, I don't know if they're gonna like get their hands on whoever leaked this and make an example out of them I certainly hope not uh, but it's It's going to be interesting because this is the first time that we have gotten from the Supreme Court something that I think we deserve from every governmental body that we fund entirely, which is transparency. Here's my position. We're their boss. Yeah. We're the boss of the entire federal government. If we stop paying taxes, for the most part, they kind of cease to exist. Uh, so like, why don't we get full transparency from our government?
1: Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Like the sanctity of whatever, whatever sanctity existed for these courts is already gone. Like that, that's the, that's the fact I was trying to establish earlier. Uh, like if you, if you really upheld the courts in any respect, you don't confirm judges who have only been judges for 27 days or whatever it was, 27 months, whatever it was, however little time it was, that's not, I'm, I've got a number in my head. Hold on. You don't confirm judges to the Supreme Court who have only been judges for three years in a process that only takes 27 days. Yeah. Agreed. that's, That's absurd. Like if you if you really held this these offices to be like, you know, sacrimonious or whatever, that's not the right word. But like if you really do uphold them to the highest utmost respect you can give them you don't rush the process to confirm these people because you understand the weight that these positions have and if if you so that's already gone so then let's peel back the secretness of it let's peel back this this behind closed doors thing get the cameras in there put that shit on c-span for whoever wants to to watch it because this shit affects everyone
0: I'm just saying, why would there be secrecy? It, As an American people, it doesn't benefit us in the least. And, And people like John Roberts who are going around saying that, like, SCOTUS's legitimacy has been, like, deeply pierced and will never recover. Like, I don't think that if you went up to the average American on the street and you're like, hey, do you consider the Supreme Court to be the most sanctified court in the land, which is unimpeachable and their opinions to be unquestioningly respected no one would say yes yeah no we we all have that same regard for judge judy and we all know it and judge judy's transparent you can watch that shit happening on upn or whatever exact well she's retired now but yes you you could have well i'll take judge wapner then (laughs) i don't know who that is i think he's another tv judge he might also be retired
1: yeah Yeah, there there are definitely two sides to this whole thing. And there's the the side that we're getting hung up on right now, which is the fact that uh, there was a leak. And that is, oh, oh, it's so horrible that there was a leak. It's, oh, man, this is so bad. And then there's the, what was leaked? There's the content of the leak, which I think is a bigger fucking deal. Because the end of our right to privacy is the end of almost like just you as an individual being able to make decisions for yourself. I mean, it, it is the end of what we would consider to be our modern constitutional rights. Exactly, like the Bill of Rights gone doesn't matter anymore because it, like, if you try to do it privately, you don't have that right anymore. Like, as much as the judges are like, "Oh no, the thing we do privately now, everyone knows," but then the thing that was leaked was like, "Oh hey, we want to do, we want to leak all your shit." And make the, the things you want to to have like the, the federal right to we want to ban that eventually, but this is our road to that.
0: Oh no, our privacy was violated in our attempt to violate your constitutional right to privacy. Right, oh no. Exactly. Yeah. Uh and not to mention the the truly monstrous uh I imagine impetus for this, which is purely related to abortion uh, along ideological lines, if we just treat this as Roe v. Wade being overturned, meaning that abortion becomes illegal in 20-something states in the next two years, uh, then this is horrific. It's it's murderous. It's... Uh, people... This is a thing that I tend to get into with people, and I don't think it's a fun conversation, so I don't try to do it, but like... People seem to have the abortion conversation and imagine that it ends, like, at the fact of abortion. Like, should abortion be legal in cases in which the mother's life is in peril? Or if the fetus is certain to die? Like, and, and then in addition to that, like, how much of a right to seek an abortion should you have? How how public should abortion doctors be? Whatever. I think the knock-on effects of making abortion illegal are way more monstrous. Nobody talks about them. But, like, statistically, single motherhood is the single greatest determinant of poverty in the world. But particularly in the United States of America. A single mother is something like 43 times more likely to be impoverished than a non-single mother.
1: And yeah. Then,
0: a- as a knock-on effect of that, poverty is on par with physiological causes of death. Poverty yes. kills people. Poverty kills people at the same rate
1: that heart disease does, which is insane, considering how fat we all are. We're very fat, but we're also very poor. Yeah. It's... No, it, it for sure. Yeah, forcing. Single mothers to have children. It, I mean, it, it one it puts them out of work for a while. I mean, you can have a you can have a fetus, and we'll protect
0: that fetus to our dying breath. Yeah, and we'll force you to have that baby. Yep. once you have that baby, get fucked. Yeah, once There's you have that no baby. social support structure yeah. for you.
1: One here's your bill for over a hundred thousand dollars for just giving birth, a natural process. I mean, yeah, we gave you painkillers and we made sure you didn't die during it, which is like, yeah, you know. But we're going to charge you for everything we did. My favorite charge, I I had a conversation with Jamie about this recently. Favorite charge when you give a baby is the charge for skin to skin contact between the mother and child. They charge you for holding the child you gave birth to. We are going to charge you
0: over $100,000 to have this child. Once you have this child, there's no free pre-K in no. America. There's no free child nope. care, no mandated maternity leave, if you're lucky enough to have a job that would qualify for mandated maternity leave. We pay you slave wages. You can't take care of the kid. You can't feed it nutritious food. Once it's old enough to get into public school, good fucking luck
1: taking care of it when you have to work three jobs. Oh, and you thought you could get a little relief because of our universal free lunch program? Well, that just got repealed by Democrats, so that's gone. We will keep you and that baby
0: alive until it's born, and then we will kill the fuck out of both of you.
1: Over a long, extended period of time of just nothing but suffering and stress. Yeah. Because that's the American way. Absolutely. It sucks. It
0: absolutely sucks. I, I think... I think the fact that we get caught up on the grisly details of abortion is a massive, like, abortion of justice to the conversation. I We, right. we need to talk how, about how monstrous this is. Not in the... Because a lot of people frame it like, oh, we wouldn't want to have like sexually promiscuous women feel like there are no consequences to their actions that they can have. Fuck that. Who cares? Right. Exactly. <laughs> like That's a major statistical outlier to the fact that someone who is forced forced to carry a child to term unless they are in a very small minority of wealthy people will face tremendously more negative life outcomes both for themselves for their child and their families
1: it's horrible yeah it changes your entire life and and there's nothing i mean you could put your kid up for adoption i guess but there's so many kids in adoption like in order like so many foster kids out there and they're getting abused the system is, is not there for them either it's like you're You're shot coming and going. There's no good way out of it.
0: I mean, the only way to be okay is to be a person who cannot get pregnant. Uh, But that's pretty much the only way you can win.
1: I mean, even then, even then, like, there should, I mean, if the system did work correctly, even then, if there's a single mother, there's a dad out there who should be paying child support.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so we have even old- then,
1: for a dude, child support usually starts at about a quarter of your annual income. So yes. even then, like guys are affected not nearly as much, but it does affect everyone. Yeah, to different I mean, differing degrees, of course. But like,
0: yeah, it, everyone should, should be support. up in arms, and they should <laughs> probably pay more child support than they than they do. But but it's it's a fair point in that like. No one likes to talk about this. And I'll say it. I like kids and I. I They're fine.
1: I see myself as someone with kids eventually. Yeah. But like. Planned. On on a schedule that I'm prepared for.
0: In (laughs) the, the current society, in the epoch that we live in right now, in the geography we live in, like kids at the wrong time. I hate to say it. Kind of worse than most major diseases that could happen to you. Yeah. It's
1: breathtaking. Not to mention all of the things that could possibly go wrong, not saying they would, but a banning abortions could force, unfortunately, mothers to carry a dead fetus to term. Yes. And deliver to... A child that's not even alive like yeah if if it's a total abortion ban and they don't even like not even allow for medical abortions, then you're just causing trauma for the sake of causing trauma I mean imagine the the lifelong trauma that that would cause someone yeah
0: we and not
1: not even to mention I gotta look up this word before i I try to pronounce it, but when a fetus forms in a fallopian tube and not in the womb, I think it's called. Ectopic,
0: yeah, an ectopic ectopic pregnancy.
1: There are certain state laws that ban even these types of abortions, which kill a hundred percent of the time. Like there is no way for a woman to deliver that type of child without dying because it's the body isn't working correctly for whatever reason. It is scarring. It is traumatic. And you're sentencing those people to death.
0: I, there is one thing that I agree with pro-life advocates on. And I, I do genuinely believe that children are a blessing and very special. I, I'm not like one of those crotch goblin people or people who like call kids spawn or whatever the fuck though those people seem to slowly be dying out. Like, right. I, I think that kids are a truly special, ne- obviously necessary part of life and of the human experience. I, I love kids, and I think that they're, like, uh, if, if you're someone who believes in a God, I think they're kind of a gift from God. However, in the current circumstances in which we are, in having kids is like a death sentence sometimes. Even and if yeah. society could be better, if society could be different, maybe, maybe, but even then, it's the person who's having the kid's choice.
1: Yeah, exactly. No one should be forced to bring a life into this world against their will. Yeah, that's shit's insane under any circumstances. That that shit would be insane. That's. I, I, I tweeted this out last night when I read about this and I I tweeted out a thing that basically ended with like what happened? Like, do you call this the land of the free? I don't get how we can be so associated with freedom in America and then have all of these moments where freedoms are taken away that there's no logic there. I
0: mean, listen, you're free to have a gun and that's, kind of where it ends.
1: Yeah. You're free to have a gun. You're free to spend your entire life working for too little money and a time where every cost is just increasing for the sake of short-term gain and quickly everything is falling apart around us. That's freedom. I mean, listen, it's...
0: I don't know of... I. (laughs) You you can't call them developed nations or first world nations, but nations comparable to the United States, perhaps, in terms of industrialization. Uh, I think that the only unique freedom we have is our relatively unrestricted access to firearms, and that's kind of it. Because other than that, a lot of our laws are specifically to keep us from having personal freedom and i mean at the end of the day 1% of our population is in prison so
1: yeah and that's the highest incarceration rate of all quote unquote developed nations
0: i think it's out of out of the top 10 developed nations uh we are equal to all of them combined
1: yeah i think so too that we we're really we really like keeping people down which is the, what this draft, this leaked draft, is very emblematic of. Like, yes, if you force a single mother or or even even a a coupled mother to to have every birth out there, that's just dragging. And this is getting super like economic, economic, political. But that drags the entire middle class down with with just child care costs, all of the you know. <laughs> Nobody can climb up if they're being dragged down with f- forced child rearing.
0: Yeah, like it, we're increasingly becoming the country of well, nothing you can do about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've I've got an evil conspiracy theory about all this. That uh, it's not really conspiracy. It's just a lot of factors that line up. But I is might it say because that the
0: Supreme Court is. Staffed by lizards, and they're jealous <laughs> of the fact that they lay eggs but we give live birth. No, <laughs>
1: oh, okay, so we're not on the same page. We're not on the same page there. No, it, it has a lot to do with all these headlines that keep rearing up about we're not like millennials are not hitting the uh repopulation rate. Oh, yeah, uh, yes, yeah. So, I mean, uh, I'm going to sidetrack us a little bit, but uh, for those of you who don't know, capitalism to function requires the same amount of workers entering the workforce as those exiting the workforce. You need a churning system of workers to keep making uh, the products that people will buy in order for the system to work. Uh, Millennials who are feeling the stress of not being able to buy a house, not being able to save money, paying more increasing rent costs and everything else is going up, are not having children at the same rate as people exiting the workforce today. So the reproduction, the the repopulation rate is being skewed toward a collapse. How do you fix that if you want to be, Vile about it, instead of lowering cost and giving support to families and helping people plan out their 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 family planning, uh, is you just force people to have babies by banning abortions? Right. I mean, I will say that there there is a second
0: lever you could pull for capitalism to function that is to extract additional profit from each worker, and then less people would have to enter the workforce. However. Uh, that is something that we've also been doing, and we've yeah. kind of been employing both of these strategies. And uh, we're, we're so used to profits growing linearly or exponentially over time that uh, any time corporate profits plateau or sink, the economy explodes. Uh, so I think if one of those levers stopped being pulled, uh, we would be in serious trouble. So maybe your idea uh, has some weight behind it.
1: And I'm I'm you know that obvious that that is the realm of conspiracy theory because the I think the the answer is more Occam's razor. It's been staring us in the face the whole time. Uh, there are certain powers that be that just want America to be a weird religious dictatorship.
0: Yeah, that is probably a lot closer to the truth.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're on TV all the time talking about Christian values. Uh, spitting in the face, getting red in the face, talking about Christian values while upholding none of them themselves. Yeah, no
0: Christian values to be seen whatsoever anywhere. Yeah. Man. Uh, I guess all of this to say, if you live in Texas, support the Lilith Fund. Uh, If you live in other states, uh, try to donate local if you can. If you can't donate local, I recommend supporting organizations such as Just the Pill which is a, uh, like a, a non-state organized abortion fund that provides supplies and services on a traveling basis to people in need of such things. Uh, just find ways that you can donate and help out and then lie to your friends and say you donated twice as much to feel better about yourself. I don't really care, but just like donate.
1: <laughs> right. And uh, f- some some pro-life advice. Whoa. No. <laughs> some pro-choice a, advice. A pro tip, a professional tip for uh, those of our, our fans who experience a menstrual cycle, if you use any kind of app on your phone to track that cycle, delete that app now and go back to like regular pen and paper because none of our data is protected and anyone can – the people who collect that data can sell that information to anyone – and it has already been reported, not about this, but uh, certain apps have reported information on minorities to the government before, for whatever purpose. So just be careful about the apps you use and who who has access to your information, because you don't know what they're going to do with it. And that's scary as fuck.
0: Yes, I 100% agree. I I think this whole, like, quantified human thing we have going on. Listen, I liked using my Fitbit to track my steps and my exercise, but uh, it's dangerous. Uh, That kind of information is dangerous, particularly if it's about your menstrual
1: cycle. Uh, Who knows what people will use that information for? That's information nobody ever needs to know other than, like, maybe your doctor. (laughs) Yeah, and don't tell your doctor. Don't even tell your doctor. Yeah, exactly. Because you don't know the, the doctor, they're taking notes. You don't know who they're selling that. Information. Okay, that's a joke. Listen. Also, other things you could do
0: if you're if you're a man and you don't plan on having kids, maybe get a vasectomy. If you're of the means and the, you live in the United States and you can swing it, and maybe look at expatriation. Uh, things might be pretty bad for the next two years, uh, but I guess we'll just have to see.
1: Yeah, if you can swing expatriation, yeah.
0: I mean, Canada is pretty good.
1: It's Mexico's getting more pretty good. Canada's getting more and more right wing.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I'll just move around to come to <laughs> different countries, and then as they
1: become right wing, I'll just move to the next one. You'll go. You'll go through the very lengthy and complicated, and sometimes borderline impossible process of expatriation. For multiple different countries, you're going to end up with nothing in the long run.
0: No, I mean, at least I'll have my damn rights when when I
1: end up in Peru or whatever. Yeah, not to mention, like, if you're holding on to a remote job during that whole time uh, and the company is based in the U.S., they come after you for taxes. Uh, I'll work through the night. It's fine. Work through the night?
0: You know, time zones. I'll get a job. I'll work at, like, an outdoor supply company during the day. I'll work my tech job at night. It'll work out.
1: Okay. See you in Peru, suckers. I'll come visit, I guess. I got a passport for now. Yeah, hell yeah. Until they ban the right... This is this is just for comedy. Until they ban the right to travel to other countries in case you get ideas. I mean, I think it's more likely that countries are going to stop accepting
0: us. More yeah. than we will stop letting people go to other countries, uh, but it's it's bad and it sucks and I'm real bummed out about yeah. this country. What? Right what's
1: now. okay? I mean, th- I'm going to play this up for a bit, a little bit, but w- the worst part of all, not okay, I can't say that. The part I'm angry about the most is this was supposed to be another light week of covering the ongoing developments of Fast X, and instead we had to get serious. And read a lot about the law and read a lot about precedence and the social the not social, the Supreme Court and stuff. And now it's like, do can we even make the dumb jokes we wanted to make about Fast and Furious? Can we? I mean,
0: if if in good conscience, no, but when have we ever had good conscience? Uh,
1: never. I just said the the thing I'm angry about the most is a small bit for the podcast. So I don't have a good conscience. I guess is the revela- revel- revelation here. We are one hundred percent shoulder devil. Oh yeah. For also,
0: sure. just uh, one more abortion thing. Like this, this outlaws abortion for the poor. If you're of means, you can still get them. But abortions for poor people just become impossible or unsafe. So, like once again,
1: a way to control the poor. Yeah, absolutely for sure. Yeah, they're yeah. <laughs> Anyone who's in the inner circle or has enough money, I I guarantee any of the lawmakers who are are against abortion, if they ever needed to find one or fund one, they have the means to do so. Yeah. And they've had, they've done it. Like. (laughs) It only takes a few thousand dollars. Yeah. And a couple of, you know, just a plane ride to a country that has more rights than this one. Yeah. Or a state.
0: But, you know, I wonder if all these people who want to turn the United States into a fascist theocracy ever, like, look through Psalms and then they see that part about the meek inheriting the earth and then, like, flip the
1: page really quick like they just saw a really scary picture. I guarantee you they read that passage and they go, yes, I am the meek and (laughs) I am inheriting the earth. Yes, right? I'm, I'm certainly the, I'm certainly not the
0: people Jesus hated.
1: Right. I'm so meek over here with my ability to afford any purchase and, or afford any emergency that comes up without even breaking a sweat.
0: Yeah. Listen, I'm meek. I only have two houses and a pied terre <laughs>
1: Listen, I'm meek as fuck. Listen, I'm meek. I'm just one of nine people who can determine and affect the lives of an entire country. I'm meek over here. I'm the meekest. (laughs) I guarantee they twist it. They do the mental gymnastics to be like, yes, this is God's plan. I mean, this is the fucking problem with a lot of Okay,
0: I'm not going to get as mad about this as I was going to. Here's a problem with a lot of people who interpret the New Testament. A lot of people who are the villains of the New Testament in the modern day uh, are reading and going, hmm, I'm the hero.
1: Exactly, yeah. And
0: they, they, they map onto... Uh, they map onto the villains of the New Testament or the villainous ideologies of the New Testament. They're like, oh, that's wokeness. <laughs> right. Ex- I it's mean, like, get, get rid- Jesus was the most wo- woke person ever at the time, yeah. or at least in that area.
1: Yeah, The cynic in me is like if they've even actually read the Bible or if they just get it read to them if they even go to church. But I like to imagine – these people reading the Bible as though they're taking a personality test and they get to the part that says meek and like, yeah, I guess I'm a little humble and they click that button, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a little, I'm not like those rich and powerful people. I'm just a Supreme court justice of the United States. Right. Like they're taking a, like, am I a good person quiz? And in the back of their head, they know, well, I know what answers to pick to get the the answer that I want.
0: Yeah. It's uh very, you know, it's almost like if people actually lived in accordance to Christ's teachings, the world would be a
1: better place. It would be. One, We there would be no billionaires or even millionaires.
0: Listen, I know that we have come down hard on the Bible in the past. And listen, I'm not a Christian, but I think Jesus had good ideas and probably existed as a person.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, the Republicans today would not want to sit down with Jesus is the sad part. <laughs> no, they would not...
0: They would not want to... I mean, Jesus has much more in common with a Bernie Sanders than anyone else. Yeah.
1: I I mean, come on. A guy from the Middle East who regularly dines with tax collectors and and prostitutes? I don't see, insert Republican or Democrat name here, sitting down with that person.
0: I mean, they also don't want to sit with him because he's been known to flip tables and lash people.
1: (laughs) He goes on. It's like, look, he's... (laughs) I'm imagining. (laughs) It's like, hey, man, dinner's at dinner. Jesus is having a dinner night you want to go. It's like, look, that guy's great, but he tells a lot of long-winded stories. He
0: tells a lot of really long-winded stories, and every time there's a usurer over, he flips
1: a table and lashes them. (laughs) He hates usury. He goes out of his way to ha- make sure he runs into one.
0: Yeah. Every every dinner party makes a big deal out of someone charging an exorbitant amount of interest or exploiting people's labor in some way, and then the table gets flipped over. They, uh, listen, there was, a some whole del-
1: thing. there was
0: some delicious roast potatoes. Uh, I was excited to tuck into those, but no, flip that table
1: over and start <laughs> lashing that tax collector. Yeah. The the reality would be more boring, where it's like, oh, look, uh, Jesus is having a dinner, uh, Republican or Democrat of your choice. Do you want to join them? And they'll just go, I don't really like fish.
0: Yeah, no, not a big fan of fish, no matter how much he has. Exactly. I'm not
1: going to be swayed by his suspiciously large amount of fish. Look, I just, I had fish earlier this week. I'm full of fish. And it's like, well, is he doesn't. He doesn't always feed fish. And like, I know. I think I know him. Yeah, I. I. It's gonna be fish. It's gonna. It's gonna be fish. <laughs> I'm gonna go to Logan's Roadhouse instead. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I gotta go meet with an oil baron. We're having <laughs> fucking t- woolly mammoth steak. We're having four-inch-thick ribeyes and a bottle of Pappy
0: Van Winkle 25-year. Can't meet with Jesus today. Got to talk about how this guy can now legally frack into an orphanage. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I... Got
1: to talk about my new fracking through an orphanage bill. Yeah. Look, Texas is only becoming... Just the epicenter of earthquakes now, and we got to make sure we hit that target sooner rather than later. More earthquakes. Because of fracking. Yeah. Oh. Do we talk about the Fast X news? I think we have to.
0: I think we have to. Maybe we keep it short because we're not going to be very funny about it. It's
1: also not very funny news. Yeah, I mean, I've got a couple of bits about the second half of the news, but the, uh, the, the thing, so those of you who don't know, if you've never listened to an episode of this podcast before. Welcome. Welcome. We're sorry. And uh, you you might have seen that the director, uh, Justin Lin, was slated to direct Fast X, quit after less than a week after production began.
0: Now, of course, Justin Lin, having been a story director of the franchise, and in fact directed the finest film of said franchise,
1: and who was slated to to direct both Fast X and whatever Fast Eleven is going to be called, yeah, Fast he, X two. It was a two movie deal. Uh, now up in up in smoke. Perhaps we don't know what's going to happen with the eleventh movie, uh, but he definitely left the tenth movie over quote creative differences. And normally in these circumstances, we don't learn what the creative differences were, uh, but an anonymous source has gone to the Daily News or something, yeah, New York Daily News, uh, to shed a little light on the situation. Do you have this pulled up too, or is it? I do me? not. Okay. All right. Um. Okay, so according to the one veteran producer who is not involved in this film, uh, they said, I've never seen anything like this. Lynn's giving up 10 or $20 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, they continued saying, Diesel showed up, shows up late to the set. He doesn't know his lines, and he shows up out of shape. I mean, that's just rude. Yeah, unprofessional on all accounts. Like if you're the first on the call sheet, you got to show up on time for sure. You got to know your lines. Like these are just basic, rudimentary things of being like the lead of a of a of a movie set. And I, I mean I, the not being in shape part, that doesn't ring true to me. But I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean he's he's pretty jacked, right? Maybe, maybe his cardio could use some work. I don't
1: know. Yeah, maybe he's out of breath and like a scene or something, but like you shoot around that. Yeah. You you can figure it out. Yeah. Um but th- this is that's the only really news to come out of that that whole interview uh, of an anonymous source who, you know, who knows who the source is. Who knows if we can take this at face value or not, but if it's true, I mean Fast and Furious has just taken a huge pl- publicity hit.
0: I mean, I I think to some degree we can – I think we can actually figure out who the source is, to be honest. I think if if we read – so I I have some of the interview pulled up here. Okay. Um, So Justin Lin reportedly uh, had a number of of script rewrites, and uh, regarding the the rewrites and some of the shooting locations, Vin Diesel was being a little bit of a bad boy about – those changes. And Justin Lin had a little bit of panache in, oh. in, his, in, <laughs> his, it's in his responses. <laughs> and uh, it says here that uh, Charlize Theron was not, <laughs> was not available, but the source is very excited to be working with her. Okay,
1: I got you. I, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I mean, th- this would be... He's a new element on the set. You know, maybe he doesn't know to not talk about it with reporters. Famously loose-lipped, much like a fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it seems as though if we're taking these these rumors and hearsay and uh, re- probably actually respected sources of journalists yes. <laughs> at face value, uh, Vin Diesel's being a little, little bit of a project um, – Queen. Is that so I, I,
0: I have read a little bit about this. So we we know that Vin Diesel kind of threw a tantro at Mia Toretto not being in the movie, which I get, right? Um, totally understandable for the last movie you want everyone in there. Uh, and that was early on in the process. Uh, people have dug up. I don't know if they've been deleted or if they're they're like old Instagram live videos that Vin Diesel was sharing with with Justin Lin. Have you seen these? I don't know. Oh, wait. I, maybe. No. Hmm. I think I saw a headline. He, he's kind of just he he is doing this very strange kind of aggressive pally uh, like Instagram live interview style where he's asking Justin Lin like, do you think this is going to be the most epic ending of anything? And Justin Lin looks fucking miserable. <laughs>
1: like oh, he, no, he
0: really looks unhappy. He looks like he got ambushed by this thing that's happening. Uh, and in addition, oh. it, it seems so. Justin Lin also did a lot of the writing for these movies. For these last two movies, right? He seems, co-wrote them, and it seems like he and Vin Diesel had arguments about that. I was reading another anonymous interview where it said like Justin Lin was like slamming doors in people's faces and saying this movie isn't worth sacrificing my mental health. It sounds very, very fraught. Based on Yikes. these anonymous reports, which may not be credible.
1: Uh, but it it doesn't sound good. No. I, I mean, honestly, that Instagram Live situation kind of sounds like uh, this is all, what's the word? Hearsay and, and what's the word? Supposing, but like said smarter? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's a legal term. I don't know. Uh, this is all speculation. Found it. This is all speculation on my part, but it seemed to me, it feels like Vin was trying to check in with Len, like, Hey, are we on the same page of all my crazy demands? And like, maybe that's the breaking point for him is like, Oh God, he's not going to drop it. And now he's trying to like record like proof that I'm not on board to like give to the executive producers to fire me. I got to get out of here. (laughs) I mean, I don't want to,
0: here's the thing. I'm very conflicted about this because I love these movies. And we've spent now uh, dozens and dozens of hours talking about them because they mean a lot to us now. But, like, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that over the last year, it looks like Vin Diesel's been kind of manipulative. uh, Yeah. both, Both to his current co-stars who have reported issues working with him but also his past co-stars like The Rock who once again I don't care for I know uh, but like his his social media presence he clearly owns his social media and does not have a social media manager and is is using that platform to like strangely manipulate people and talk about the death of his friend to try to guilt people into coming on board. Now there there is an interesting wrinkle in that it appears as though one of the reasons Justin Lin might have been frustrated is because the studio was trying to cast a high-profile villain. Oh. And they were trying to do that right up until production started, so like writing it was very difficult and like so Jason Momoa was a late addition as a primary villain but should have been cast way earlier apparently.
1: Yeah, I could see why that would create some frustration.
0: Uh, So apparently a lot of it had to do with the writing, but like these like weird late additions, it just seems fraught and it makes me feel bad and it makes me feel like Vin Diesel might be a little bit manipulative, which is sad because I want to assume the best of him generally.
1: Yeah, I mean, last week we joked this was all some weird Machiavellian plot for him to become the director himself.
0: I mean that seems to have backfired at least in fact as of today considering they hired a new director. Yeah, they hired Louis Leterre.
1: Uh, I believe he's French so it's Louis Leterrier. Louis Leterre uh who's I know a lot of you are like oh Louis Leterre. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I don't kn- think
0: anyone feels that way. We know exactly Unless they specifically
1: are me. <laughs> we know exactly the projects he's done before. But for those of you who don't know, I'll just remind you uh that he directed the first two transporter films starring of, which one, is how I know him. Yeah, starring Jason Statham, who is a staple of this Fast and Furious World now, so there's there's a link there to the franchise. He also uh, directed The Incredible Hulk, the Ed Norton vehicle that I believe somehow was tied to the MCU. I've never seen it. It was uh, this.
0: It was the movie that established the MCU. It was. Right. I'm sorry.
1: Right, because Tony Stark shows up, uh, and he also directed the very, very well done and there's no problem movie. Now you see me.
0: Yes. Uh, did he do now you see me too or just now you see me? Str- oddly, he did not. So just now you see me.
1: Just now you see me. he was not he did they didn't go back for him for the the, the direct sequel. Uh, but most importantly, I think, to speak to what he can bring to fast and furious, fast X. More important than Transporter and Transporter 2. More important than the, the Incredible Hulk, the, the, the movie that launched a thousand ships. More important than the Incredible Heist movie. And I'm saying that with complete iron, on a, non-irony, a movie that almost killed is, Isla Fisher. Now you see me. The most important line item on his resume is the Wix.com big game ad with Jason Statham and Gal Gadot. I don't, so I saw this,
0: and I do not remember it because I believe it was from a big game maybe three or four years ago? Uh,
1: 2017, so five years ago. Okay, yeah, I certainly don't remember it. Right, but I think, I think Mr. Louis Lettore is trying to tell us something. I mean, he's been assembling a team. He's been assembling a team. He's done a heist movie. He's done car movies. He's worked with Jason Statham and he's worked with Gal Gadot. I think Giselle's coming back. I mean, it is entirely possible. I, and I think it, I think he he agreed to do the movie on one condition, and that was to bring Gal Gadot back. So another rewrite of the script. Uh, yeah, absolutely, another rewrite. Um,
0: I don't know who they're going to have writing it because he is on as director, but not writer. Honestly, though, like, I, I know that it's entirely possible. We talked about how hard it is to, like, hire a like high-profile director to come in on these things because, of course, they're typically busy. Uh, and I think that maybe they brought him on to kind of say yes to whatever decisions they've already made. I don't know. But I do know that he directed both of the first two Transporter movies, which are some of the best action movies ever made. I think the Transporter is great. Uh, But he also directed Now You See Me. And I feel like Fast and Furious, in its current iteration, is just the Transporter 2 plus Now You See Me.
1: Yeah, right. For for sure. And we won't read too much into uh, the fact that there was a very dangerous stunt on Stet where uh, Isla Fisher almost drowned and it caused her to never want to work with any of the people on the set. Again, we're just going to gloss over that. That was just a fluke.
0: I mean, he's in good company considering almost every Fast and Furious movie has a very dangerous stunt where someone almost gets killed. You think that's what they
1: glossed on to? They're like, we need a director who's fucking dangerous. <laughs> we need someone who's dangerous, who knows magic. <laughs> dangerous, knows magic, has worked with Gal Gadot. He, he checks
0: all the boxes.
1: French. Yeah. I, I'm The more we learn about the production of this movie, the less excited I am for it, but the more fascinated I am by what is surrounding it.
0: Oh, I'm fully spellbound, but I'm also not at all excited for this movie anymore. It makes me, I like, I I am excited to see it and to put an end to this project that we've had now for, like, what, three years? The the three-year project of watching all the Fast and Furious movies? Might be four years. Might be the four-year project we've had of watching all these goddamn movies. I'm excited for that. I, I don't like that it seems like a toxic place where people aren't happy and tyrants are given free reign and the most talented people who turned this whole goddamn franchise around and directed my favorite versions of it are now leaving in disgust. I don't like that. Yeah. Um,
1: I, but I just, guess
0: we'll just have to see in the popcorn house.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and my prediction for the end of this series is this is going to be one of the first series I've ever, ever experienced where the more of it there is, the more it wants me, a fan of the franchise, to not like it anymore. Well, it's interesting because it's actually kind of a pair
0: it's kind of a parabola. Like it starts, you're like, okay. And then it peaks at Fast Five. And then just as time goes on,
1: you want to be involved with it less and less. Right. Like we hitched our wagon to this franchise. And as mo- we learn more and more about Ben Diesel, it was, was kind of like, is this guy who we've been sort of praising this whole time, is he just a jerk? Yeah, is he has a kind of a, Is this entire franchise
0: just held up by people who are kind of dicks? We hope not. Like Paul Walker had serious problems when he was alive.
1: Yeah. The,
0: the Rock is kind of a dick.
1: Yeah, and Jason's
0: kind of a dick. Ludicrous is great. Okay, and Ludacris. Jason Statham is, is also very good. Gives to charity, does a lot of Make a Wish stuff.
1: Okay, there's yeah, some, Jason
0: go- Statham there's is some the good. Statham is the best. Apples. Used to be a diver. Counts That's for a cool. lot.
1: Was Transporter one of his first movies? Is this like a weird coming
0: home project for Jason Statham? It was definitely the movie that made him famous, as far as I'm concerned. I don't know that he was in anything before that that was huge. But, like, The Transporter, and particularly The Transporter 2, big deals in, in action yeah. movies. Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll
1: have to see him sometime. Never seen him. Oh, uh, you really owe it to yourself to at least watch Transporter 2. Maybe that'll be my homework before Fast X comes out in 2023. I mean, you've got a little bit of time. Just a little bit. Heck, if more news comes out about this movie, I might just fucking skip it.
0: <laughs> Dude, he was in Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. I'm an idiot. That was like 1999. That's okay, that was his famous.
1: first. Okay. But, but this was, was his Snatch. first mainstream. He was in Snatch, too. He was also with, in The One. I mean, those are all London-based projects with uh, Guy Ritchie, who I thought would make a good director of, of Fast X last week. I mean, he'd be uh, great. He would be great. But, like, his mainstream success first big blockbuster like globally was transporter huh yeah i'd say so transporter was a big deal so this is kind of like a coming home for him although working with guy Ritchie again would be his true coming home we thought that the fast and
0: furious franchise was actually about the ascent of vin diesel but it's actually about him being a fallen angel but the ascent of jason statham back home into the arms of guy Ritchie.
1: Yeah, the most dangerous killer in the world is the only one who can put down an out-of-control fallen angel Vin Diesel. Coming to theaters next year. (laughs) Fast X2, a
0: documentary about Jason Statham (laughs) fighting Vin Diesel. Hear me out. I'm hearing you. I think Vin Diesel is a a heavy man who spends a lot of time in the gym. I think Jason Statham would fucking kill (laughs) Vin
1: Diesel. Like, not even close. Yeah, well, it's the Hobbs and Shaw thing. He's got the mobility. He's got the reach. He's got the the agileness.
0: He's also, like, one of the world's foremost martial artists. Jason yeah. Statham is very good. He's really cool. He was a diver, I heard. He was a diver, and good. A good diver. That's Good diver.
1: What more wait, can he ask for? What? Wait,
0: devil, devil, driver,
1: holy diver. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the tagline for Fast ele- Have Eleven. <laughs> fast Have Eleven, Double Driver, Holy Diver. They're gonna bring in the fact it's gonna be in the last minute of the movie. It's like, oh, it's, uh, what's the fuck? What's his fucking name? Hobbs? Shaw? Which one Shaw. was he? Shaw. Shaw. Oh, Deckard Shaw. You used to be a diver, right? And like, it's him, like cocking a gun while putting on a scuba mask. <laughs> yes. and it's Like, you bet your ass. Credit <laughs> roll. <laughs> I mean like an Olympic diver, like jumping off a diving board
0: not like a scuba <laughs> diver. Oh. You thought I was saying, oh, in, in, in reference to him like being a great physical specimen, oh, he's a
1: really good scuba
0: diver. He's
1: a diver. He dives. Into the- <laughs> he's like a Incredible. scuba Incredible. You gotta Incredible. be in good shape. You gotta fight the
0: pressure. Yeah, you gotta fight the Meg. <laughs> <laughs>
1: more proof that he got (laughs) the life interpretation. Once again. Oh. Once again what?
0: I don't know. Just once again, he's in the water.
1: (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, okay. I didn't realize you meant like Olympic style diving. So, yeah. So instead, of he's going to cock a gun and put a swim cap on and little goggles. And a little speedo. And a little Speedo and be like, hell yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. Devil driver, holy diver. He
0: apparently enjoys wakeboarding, jet skiing, windsurfing, rock climbing. Okay, we're not looking to date the man. Recreational diving and
1: jujitsu. That's great. All right. I hope we go a week, John. I hope we can go a week without talking about this fraught production of Fast X. I don't want to learn anything about it for at least a a month.
0: Jason Statham once drove a truck off the road into the Black Sea due to malfunctioning brakes.
1: Thank you. He
0: he advocates for protections for stunt performers by saying all of the stuntmen, these are the unsung heroes. They really are. Nobody's giving them any credibility. They're risking their necks. And then you've got Ponzi actors pretending like they're doing the stunts.
1: Jason Statham rocks. He's pretty cool. All right. He's the new face.
0: Yeah, he's he's the the new new face face of the franchise. Diesel canceled. The Rock canceled. Jason Statham and Ludacris. Yeah. Give me that.
1: Yeah, let's do it. And Michelle Rodriguez for good measure.
0: Yeah, and uh, rat catcher number two. Oh my
1: god! The nail and Brelo. L- okay, fine. They're all the face. It's so one big, huge, miscombobulated face. It's like a Marvel poster. It's just a
0: bunch of faces. Yeah, symbolizing nothing and everything
1: all at once. Yeah, that's the sequel. All right, got to wrap this up. We're dying <laughs> right. out here.
0: All right. We had a full head of steam talking about abortion, yeah. and then we hit the wall.
1: Well, we got sad because Fast <laughs> X is giving us sad news. But, yeah, yes, really this sad. was a crazy episode. Thanks for, for bearing with us. Thanks for listening to all our thoughts. Uh, now it's time for you to weigh in. Now it's time for you to have an opportunity to give us your thoughts. If you want to send your thoughts to us, please tweet at us at zcpcwhj on twitter.com. Thank you to Eric for reaching out about her Batman supplemental reading. Uh, She recently tweeted at us. It was really cool, really fun interaction. Uh, If you want to hear our thoughts about her Batman, the Batman that came out this year, you check out that supplemental reading. It's in the feed somewhere. Uh, We also have an email address for those of you who want to send longer content to us. Uh, That's email at zerocredits.net. Uh, so you can send emails, files, whatever. We'll, we'll get them, and we'll reply to them. We'll talk about them. It's great. We're on a number of podcast services, including Good Pods, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Every major company out there has their brand plus podcast these days. But if you could do us a favor, whatever service you're listening to us on, if you could just leave us a rating and a review, we would really appreciate it. I will thank you by name if you do that. Uh, I say that, and yet there's somebody I should thank by name whose name I think is Kelly. Thank you, Kelly, for doing that for us on Good Pods. We really appreciate it. Uh, But the most important thing anyone can do right now is advocate for causes you believe in. So go out, find where you can throw your support even if it's just donating. If you want to march, look up local marches. Find ways to enact the change that you want to see in the world so that we can stop being passive participants and having decisions rained down on us by nine god kings in a weird secretive room that nobody is allowed in. Uh, Word of the mouth is the only way we can survive.
0: And uh, speaking of uh, god kings who live in rooms that uh, no one can preside over. Statham has been in a relationship with model Rosie Huntington-Whiteley since 2010. The couple announced their engagement in January 2016. Their son, Jack Oscar, was born in June of 2017, and they reside in Beverly Hills, California. That's right, Jason Statham. I just doxed you. Come break my neck. And from everyone here at the Zero Credits soon to be killed by Jason Statham Studios. We would like to wish you a happy week. Goodbye, Jason Satham. <laughs> Goodbye, my life. <laughs> <laughs>